Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, buongiorno. Ah, I'm in Italy. I'm in Assisi today. And uh, next week, I'll be back in the United States on the East Coast. I haven't been in the United States since March, early March. I'm sure it's changed a lot. (laughs) I am so happy to be with you today. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and our topic this week is, have you hit rock bottom yet? Have you hit rock bottom yet? And uh, I hope that you have. I hope that you're on the rise. But let's see what spirit reveals through this topic. You know, I have to say, I don't really pick these topics. Uh, I really feel guided to them. And so I accept them. And I say yes. And then I let it be revealed. So we're going to let it be revealed together. And I'm so glad that you're joining me today. What a blessing. So we begin, as always, with our hand on our heart. We're going to tune in here, tune up, invoking into our awareness the truth about us, the truth about our brothers and sisters, the truth about all life is that we are one with the one. And so we call the name of God. Beloved, I am that I am. And we declare that we are willing to recognize our worthiness. We're willing to recognize that we are worthy of perfect love. That is what we truly are. So we're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the unlimited flow of love, the unprecedented flow of love. We're moving out of darkness and into the light. Truly, we're willing to recognize that we are the light. And the darkness has no defense against the light. So we're grateful to rise together. We're grateful to rise in love, to rise in God, to rise in spirit, to rise in an awareness of our own perfect holiness. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with Everyone, because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah. So, you know, when uh, Spirit gave me this topic uh, last week, I said, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. I've never used that topic before. And uh, was excited, like I said before, to see what, or hear, or discover what spirit would reveal through us joining together in perfect love and harmony. And since that time, I have traveled from Rome to Florence to Assisi. And I've been in Assisi a few days now, and it's absolutely spectacular. I'll just say that. Uh, I'm here because I've been guided to come here for some time, and I finally made it, for which I'm extremely grateful. I cannot tell you how profoundly inspiring it's been for me to be here. Just, just the scenery is inspiring. But uh, I've been spending time in the churches, of which there are many significant churches. And I'll probably reveal some of that in the 
show today and in those travels to those churches and sitting in the energy there, it's extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. I got a few months ago to consider doing a retreat, a Living a Course in Miracles retreat here in Assisi next fall. And I've found the perfect place to do it. And (laughs) everything seems to be falling into place. So wouldn't you know, when you're divinely guided, it's uh, things fall into place. Uh, Not always. I mean, you know what? Hmm. It's not that things don't always fall into place. Sometimes we have a belief or a perception of what that place looks like and feels like and should be and shouldn't be. And then, of course, we're thinking that we know better than the infinite when uh, we don't really. So what I find the best thing is to allow myself to be led and guided. And so that's what's happening here. And uh, I hope perhaps you will be inspired to join me next year. uh, If we end up being able to do a Living a Course in Miracles retreat here in Assisi, Italy. And join with the spirit of Francesco, St. Francis of Assisi, and and Claire, beautiful Claire, St. Claire. So uh, I'll also mention that I'm just about to announce the Baja Mexico retreat in February, mid-February. So get ready to rock on that one. And just so you know, God has got something spectacular planned. Uh, We're going to do, there's two options. You can do one or both. And one is to do four days of joining me, and we're going to visit the whales that are giving birth on the west coast of Baja, Mexico. And uh, I have a friend who has done that and gone swimming with the whales, the baby whales, and said it was the most heart-opening experience of her entire life. And I believe it. I love the whales. They have such big hearts. I love to do anything in and around the whales. Well, not in the whales, but (laughs) that would be weird. But around the whales. So uh, we're going to do that for four days. And then we're going to do six nights, seven days of Living a Course in Miracles retreat with my uh, ACIM pals, John Mundy, David Hoffmeister, Regina Don Akers, Maria Felipe, and myself at a gorgeous resort on the east coast of Baja. So all of that will be coming very soon, and you can book it if it feels right to you. We'll have payment plans, as we always do, to help uh, people finance things. All right, so back to have you hit rock bottom yet? I'm so excited about being here in a CCI. I just have to share it. What can I say? So here's what I got guided to in the course. Uh, it's uh, chapter 14, section 7, sharing perception with the Holy Spirit. And it starts with, what do you want? What do you want? Light or darkness? Knowledge or ignorance are yours, but not both. So choose light or darkness, knowledge or ignorance. But you can't choose both. You can't choose a little of each. You've got to choose one or the other. Opposites must be brought together, not kept apart. For their separation is only in your mind, only in your dreams. And they are reconciled by union, as you are. In union... Everything that is not real must disappear, for truth is union. Truth sets us free. Union sets us free. Oneness sets us free. As darkness disappears in light, so ignorance fades away when knowledge dawns. Perception is the medium by which ignorance is brought to knowledge. Yet the perception must be without deceit. For otherwise, it becomes a messenger of ignorance rather than a helper in the search for truth. So I've been brought back to this section again and again and again, this whole section here, and we're going to look at it uh, more deeply. Regarding hitting rock bottom, the thing about that experience of hitting rock bottom, because a lot of people, when they hit rock bottom, there's a sense of, like 
you 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 hit the ground hard you get smacked by it you get knocked over pushed down your face in the mud there's often an experience of deep pain there's often an experience of profound humiliation uh deep shame uh a pain so intense that it motivates you at long last to say i have had enough there must be a better way and i am going to find it i am going to allow myself to recognize it. Now, the way out is the way in. The way in is the way out. So the way into our heart is the way out of suffering, the way out of misery, the way back from rock bottom. So this is our divine opportunity here, is to choose the light, to choose knowledge. This is what is going to bring us to illumination. Illumination is knowledge. The search for truth is but the honest searching out of everything that interferes with truth. Truth is, it can neither be lost nor sought nor found. It is there wherever you are, being within you. One of my favorite teachings from the Holy Bible is even if I make my bed in hell, you art with me. Thou art with me. No matter where I go, the light is always there if I'm willing to see it. If I can't perceive it, I might not have hit rock bottom yet. So this hitting rock bottom is such a divine opportunity. And a lot of people will kind of hover above rock bottom for a really long time, maybe even many, many, many lifetimes. And I feel extremely blessed that I hit rock bottom in my 20s where I wanted to kill myself. I did not want to live anymore. I truly wanted to die. And what I wanted to die to was my pain and suffering. I wanted to die because I wanted, 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 wanted. I had all this craving, needing, wanting. All the stuff that I wanted and needed and craved that I thought would fill me up, that I thought would bring me to the truth. But of course it couldn't because the stuff of this world can never do that. No matter what we're doing, we're always moving towards that direction of having true humility and being able to open ourselves to the love of God moving through us and as us. So there's this divine opportunity that's always there, no matter how much darkness there seems to be, no matter how much anger, no matter how much resentment, no matter how hurt and broken we feel, no matter how completely deserted and lost and confused we feel, the perfection and the wholeness of divine love is always there with us. It never leaves us. So the light is within. You see, but what happens to so many of us is we start looking in the world for the light. And that was what happened to me, is I had such a complete belief that if I could accomplish things in the world, if I could convince other people that I was capable, that I was talented, that I was brilliant, that I was wonderful and beautiful and successful. And if I could accomplish a whole list of things, then I would be safe. Then I would be good enough. Then I would get that seal of approval that would allow me to feel good enough. But that was craziness, absolute craziness. And what I discovered in my rock bottom experience was that 
even though I definitely had convinced people I was talented, that I was successful, that I was on my way professionally and doing well, and I was achieving and accomplishing my goals and my dreams and work, I was so unhappy. I was not happy at all. I didn't know how to be happy. And so I felt really lost because the things that I thought would validate me and the things that I thought would make me happy couldn't. And if they couldn't make me happy, then what I believed at the time was it's not possible for me to be happy in this world. And you see, that that perception, that belief, it's not possible for me to be happy in this world, completely coincided with the belief that there was something terribly, heinously, unfixably, even unrecognizably wrong with me. So I believed that there was something terribly wrong with me. I didn't know what it was, but it was just evident everywhere in my life. It showed up all the time. But I didn't know how to counteract it or fix it because everything that I was doing to work my will in the world didn't bring me to that place of, ah, now there's nothing wrong with me. It just kept deepening and deepening this belief that something was terribly, terribly wrong with me and that I was ultimately unlovable. And so I felt crushed by that. And no matter what I accomplished in the world, no matter what the success was, I still felt that there was something terribly wrong with me. So my rock bottom was the realization that it's not possible for me to be happy in this world. I can never, ever recover or even find a good way of managing and coping with whatever it is that's wrong with me. I can't hide it. I can't escape from it. It is always going to be there. And this recognition that I could not control my life, that I could not find a way to be happy, made me feel like there's no point in living, and so I wanted to die. And that actually was the beginning of my real life, was when I decided not to kill myself, but instead to take one day at a time learning to love myself. And since then, I have learned to love myself, and I don't feel like there's something wrong with me anymore. And I also, I really don't think there's anything wrong with anyone. We make choices that are errors because they're not loving choices. But that doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It just means that there's something wrong with our thinking. So there was nothing wrong with me, but my thinking was stinking. And that's what I realized. That was my rock bottom. So you can decide right now today that you've already hit rock bottom. That whatever you've got going on right now or the worst moment that's in your history, that was your rock bottom. And now you're on the rise. And the fastest path to rising in God, to awakening awareness, is really choosing to love yourself. Because all love is self-love. Because God is all that there is. Love of God, love of self, love of your brother and sister, true unconditional, unprecedented, perfect love is the only healer that there is because that's our natural state. So the only healing that needs to happen is at the level of the mind where we believe that there's something wrong with us. So if you're having a bottom experience right now, be grateful. Be deeply and profoundly grateful. And make a holy offering of your pain and suffering in order to rise in God. So we'll talk more about this when I come back from the break. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk on Unity Online Radio. And I'll be right back.
Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Hey, 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 I'm back. And we're talking about hitting bottom. So I love this in this section, chapter 14, section 7, sharing the perception with the Holy Spirit. It says, paragraph 5, light cannot enter darkness when a mind believes in darkness and will not let it go. Now, we are the light. We're light beings. And the light is there in our heart. It does not go out. It's not possible for that spark of our divinity, that Christedness, to ever go out. It's still there. But imagine that you have a little spark, the tiniest little spark, and you'd like to build it into a raging bonfire. You can do that. What do you need? You need some willingness. You need some willingness to to gather that which will support that bonfire. So you literally can think of like blowing on it. So it's it's uh, and if you've got tinder that can catch fire. So it's putting your breath into it, putting your your breath into your heart and breathing the breath of God and really that that means breathing in the spirit and being in that flow of love. The flow of giving and receiving love is what opens our heart and fans that heart flame. So light cannot enter darkness when a mind believes in darkness. Now, darkness is nothing real. It's just the byproduct when we choose to block the light with Thoughts that are not true, thoughts of darkness, thoughts of lack and limitation. I have to say, you know, I've been a spiritual counselor for over, well over a dozen years, 14 years, something like that. So in all those years of counseling people and my own experience of working with my own awareness, what I have found is that people who are deeply suffering are consistently affirming lack and limitation, judgments, opinions, thoughts of attack, thoughts of hurt and upset, the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Just relentlessly, they're affirming those things over and over and over and over again. And what is required for us to recognize the light that is within and to allow it to shine away the darkness is that willingness, because then we will be led and guided. Truth does not struggle against ignorance, and love does not attack fear. What needs no protection does not defend itself. Our loving heart does not need any protection. So A Course in Miracles tells us that those who serve love, those who serve God, those who are in service to the divine are invulnerable. What needs no protection does not defend itself. So our heart, our loving heart needs no protection. It's invulnerable. But when we harbor resentment, regret, blame, shame, hurt, jealousy, guilt, etc. in our heart, it's going to weaken us. We're going to feel defensive. When we attack, we will defend. Yes, the attacker always feels attacked and so therefore defends. I know a lot about that. (laughs) Defenses, like everything you made, must be gently turned to your own good, translated by the Holy Spirit from means of self-destruction to means of preservation and release. The Holy Spirit's task is mighty, but the power of God is with him. Therefore, to him it is so easy 
that it was accomplished the instant it was given him for you. Do not delay in your return to peace by wondering how he can fulfill what God has given him to do. Don't wonder for one second whether or not the Holy Spirit can give what has been given to do. Don't doubt it for one second. But you see, if you say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me repair my marriage. Well, maybe that's not the best thing for the marriage to be repaired, but the relationship to be repaired. If you say, Holy Spirit, repair my body. Maybe that's not the best thing. Maybe that's not what healing looks like. We don't know. Holy Spirit, help me pay my bills. You know, it might be that the best thing for you is to surrender it all, leave it behind, and go. We don't know. We do not know. So here I am. I'm in a CC. And I'm walking the streets of Assisi. It's a town. It's a stone town, all stone buildings, built onto the side of a sacred mountain. And um, it's not huge, uh, but it's steep. (laughs) And um, it's wonderful to walk from place to place. And some of the places here in Assisi are there is there's the church where... St. Francis was baptized and where Claire was baptized. Uh, and in that church, uh, there, there are some really amazing, miraculous experiences that have happened to people. And to me, I definitely experienced miraculous healing in there in my heart. It's just an opening so lovely. And, there's the church that is uh, built in memory of Claire, St. Claire, who followed Francis and started the Order of the Poor Clares, the nuns, the sisters called the Poor Clares. And then there is the hermitage, the cave in the side of the sacred mountain where Francis used to go to retreat and his Franciscan brothers would go, and they each had their own caves in the side of the mountain there. And uh, there's the huge basilica that is named for Francesco, and his um, tomb is there. Uh, St. Clair's tomb is in the church built to commemorate her life. And um, and then there's also the church uh, that's the place where next to the residence of the bishop of Assisi, who um, was the one that Francis uh, had that amazing experience with. So if you don't know anything about Francis's life, Francesco's life, I encourage you uh, to... Take a look, because I think it's really in tune with this rock-bottom experience. So Francesco was a wealthy young man. His father was a very wealthy merchant of uh, fabrics and traveled a great deal, very, very wealthy. His mother was very devout, and uh, Francesco was a very charismatic young man, and a partier. He was like Buddha uh, before he came. You know, Buddha was a prince who enjoyed all the sensual side of life, wealthy, could have everything his heart desired uh, in the material world. Well, the same was true of Francis. And so it's interesting how you have these parallels. And then uh, Francis went off to war. And uh, he was in prison for a year. He saw his friends on the battleground ripped and torn, and it changed him. He was a sensitive young man, and it really changed him. Just like when Buddha saw the people suffering, he, it changed him. It made him realize, I don't want to go back to that wealthy life. But Francesco did go back to um, life with his parents 
and he started giving a lot of money to the poor, and he started to pray and to spend time at the church, and he was dearly interested in getting a message from God of what to do with his life. He didn't know what to do. He was lost, and he was lost for quite a while, and then he ultimately found his way. So one of the things that happened was he had that revelatory experience where he heard uh, the voice of Jesus speak to him through by means of uh, a crucifix in uh, a, a church, and uh, that crucifix is now in St. Clair's Church. I was just looking at it today. And uh, it's beautiful. It's a painted. Um, it's not a carved or a statue. It's a paint, a painted, um, simply painted, very art, artistic. And remember, this is in the 1200s. So this is in the smack dab in the middle of the dark, dark ages. So how low can you go? That's where it was the hugely dark time in human experience. And you can think of just the nasty things that people were doing at that time in the name of God. You know, religious wars being fought of all kinds and uh, all kinds of lies being uh, perpetuated about the teachings of Jesus in order for the church to make money and selling relics that were total fake to, to the wealthy people. They're buying these relics in order to have some kind of salvation. I mean, it was just a really... Um, dark, dark time in human consciousness. And so Francis gets this message to rebuild his church. The church is in ruins. This is the message from Jesus. Rebuild my church, which is in ruins. And initially Francis or Francesco thought that that was uh, an indication to rebuild this particular little church that was in ruins. And so he started to rebuild that church. But then uh, he realized, no, it wasn't that little building. It was really the Christian church. And to bring the teachings of Jesus out, the teachings of forgiveness and humility and caring for the poor, to bring out the teachings of what you do to the least of them, you do to me. And so he had these revelatory experiences um, where... And one of them was in front of this bishop's house where uh, he went with his father. The father wanted the bishop to talk some sense into him. He's giving all of my stuff away to the poor. And the bishop was like, well, I don't see what's wrong with that. <laughs> and the father was like, no, it's my stuff. He's giving my stuff to the poor. He doesn't have anything. But he's giving away all my possessions to the poor. It's not what I'd like to do with them. So you need to make him stop. He needs to obey his father. And that's when Francis said, you're not my father anymore. My, now my father is my heavenly father, my holy father. And he took off all his clothes in front of the bishop's house and gave his father everything that he had received from him that he had with him. And he renounced all of that. So he renounced the world is really what he did. And then he, uh, the bishop you know, it was a time when everybody wore, uh, they, they, they didn't have uh, <laughs> cleavage showing and things like that. It was a time when people were really buttoned up. So this naked man in the street was uh, upsetting. So the bishop took off his cloth and uh, put it around Francis. And Francis immediately turned and gave it to a beggar who and switched. And the beggar was wearing this potato sack cloth. And uh, for the rest of his life, that's what Francis wore, that potato sack cloth clothing. And so that was the beginning of the Franciscan monks. And uh, people began to follow him and listen to his teachings. But, you know, when you begin to really look at Francesco's life, you see it wasn't a bed of roses. He really desired to... It, understand true humility and to be that place of complete devotion 
in order to rebuild the church, to bring the light into the darkness. And he did. He did. And that light, that illumination is still so bright today. You cannot come to Assisi and not recognize the profound illumination that is all throughout this experience of being here, because that's what people come for. They come not just to say, oh, I saw where St. Francis lived, or I saw this beautiful, beautiful town in uh, on the side of a mountain in Italy. It's not just that. Though many people come just for that. They want to say they saw it and stuff like that. Many, many people come out of a religious devotional pilgrimage uh, like me. And so... The Holy Spirit asks of you but this, bring to him every secret you have locked away from him. Open every door to him and bid him enter the darkness and lighten it away. At your request, he enters gladly. He brings the light to darkness if you make the darkness open to him. So to me, this is part of the the message of hitting rock bottom that you feel you're without resources. You're, you're willing to give up trying to work your will. It's a surrender point. But we can surrender without hitting rock bottom, without being destitute. We can surrender everything. And that's exactly what Francesco did was he surrendered everything. He wasn't happy. He deeply desired to know the truth and to follow in Jesus's footsteps, to know what Jesus knew. And it was revealed to him as it will be revealed to us. Our willingness is all that's required. So we must be grateful that we can surrender. So grateful that we can stop trying to work our will and right where we are, invite the light into any perceived darkness. Allow the Holy Spirit to shine it away. We don't have to figure it out. That is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to surrender trying to figure it out. Well, it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love and we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Is the world we live in making you ill? Fast food, junk food, feeling overwhelmed, not enough time? People are stressed, anxious, overweight, depressed, and have numerous health issues that are being treated with pills. There really is a way to get back to good health without the use of medication, and it's not rocket science or hard work. 
Primary brain repair is a simple, natural method developed by Dr. Suka that can give you relief from your symptoms and help prevent long-term health problems. You can have more energy and a release from pain and suffering, along with a new joyful sense of self, increasing your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. It's called Wellness Simplified. Join Dr. Suka on Fridays at 3 p.m. Central Time and learn more about her healing method. You've been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. All right, so we're back here and talking about hitting rock bottom. And by the way, if you would like uh, support in that surrender, if you would like support in rising in love, in fanning the flames of the light that is within your heart, I have a ton of resources for you. And, of course, this radio show is one where uh, I think this is 159 episodes, something like that, that we've done uh, over the last three, over three years now. And so those are all for free, downloadable at iTunes. If you search for me, Jennifer Hadley, at iTunes, you can download all those episodes. And so if you like what you're hearing, I invite you to do that. And also while you're there, Write a review if you like this show. The more people that write reviews, the more iTunes shows this show to people. And since it's free, it's a great way to bring benefit and pay it forward. Also, if you search for me at iTunes, you'll find my Masterful Living Through A Course of Miracles podcast. That was a study group that I ran on the phone for four years, and I think there's at least a 100 hours of those study group calls, which were pretty darn good. We had a lot of great people in that group. So I encourage you that people tell me all the time that they really enjoy those recordings. So right there, you've got hundreds of hours uh, to support you. Also at jenniferhadley.com, every day I record a new prayer. Every day I write some new inspiration and share like today, I was sharing my experience of uh, really miraculous healing uh, here in Assisi. You can read my spiritual espresso today, uh, today, October 21st, I think it is, 20, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I lose track of the days. And um, on my homepage at jenniferhadley.com, I have my free workshop on forgiveness. It's called How to Get Over It. So you can download that for free. It comes with a whole bunch of pieces to help you forgive. And that is a great way to bring the light into the darkness, to bring the darkness to the light. So the light is in our heart light. And the darkness is the thoughts that we cherish that are not true. The Holy Spirit asks of you but this, bring to him every secret You've locked away from him. Now, this is actually what I have found to be incredibly good advice because there were many things that I believed about myself that I didn't even want to think about. One of the things I encourage people to do in my Finding Freedom class and my Masterful Living class is to do a lot of writing, very specific writing. I have... 400-page workbook for my Finding Freedom class. That's my spiritual boot camp class. So if you'd like to pay to take a class with me and have the homework and all that stuff to do, check out my Finding Freedom boot camp class at jenniferhadley.com. And then uh, there's also my year-long Masterful Living class, which starts on January 1st. And by the way, right now is the perfect time to take Finding Freedom, and then you'll be so prepared to take Masterful Living January 1st. And 
Finding freedom is not required for masterful living. There's no requirement for masterful living. But with uh, finding freedom, I find that it just sets you up to make the most of masterful living. So if you'd like that extra help, check it out. But so in my classes, I recommend that people do certain writing exercises to help them to recognize the secrets that they're locking away from the Holy Spirit. And to help them do exactly this, open every door to him and bid him enter the darkness and lighten it away. So that's such an important part because it says here, at your request, the Holy Spirit enters gladly. He brings the light to darkness if you make the darkness open to him. But what you hide He cannot look upon. Remember, we have free will. We have free will. So the Holy Spirit cannot do what we don't wish to be done. Same with Jesus. They cannot intercede. So if we're choosing thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation, all the thoughts that create our intense experience of suffering, if we keep choosing them over and over and over again, then that is what we can choose to do with our free will. And there's no angel, there's no ascended master, no Jesus, no Mary, no Buddha, no Krishna, no Holy Spirit that can interfere with our choice in free will. But if we use our free will to ask for help, to see the light, to surrender the belief in darkness, to surrender the secrets, and to open every door to the comforter, to open every door to the Holy Spirit, to open every door and surrender the need to have any secrets whatsoever, then we'll have the most amazing and miraculous healings. This is one of the things that I learned to do, and it's it's absolutely saved my life, and it's the surrender again and again and again, a daily surrender. Every day I surrender things. I discover, oh, this is a secret that I've held onto, a secret hatred, a secret opinion, a secret despair, a secret belief that I have not allowed the light to enter into. And I'm so grateful to make a holy offering of it. If you have an altar in your home, you might start to write these things down. You can put them in a God box or a God jar, the things that you surrender to God. It works really well. Because when we have a living spiritual practice of surrender and offering, it's amazing. I think one of the most powerful things I've learned over the years is to have a living offering practice. So, for instance, this radio show is an offering. When I make prayers, it's an offering. When I light a candle, It's an offering. When I smudge my home, it's an offering. When I reach out to a friend, it's an offering. When I offer a class, it's an offering, like the free Living a Course in Miracles class series that we just finished. Totally an offering. Offering, offering, offering. Being grateful all the time for exactly what already seems to be. Being grateful for things just as they are. Knowing that just as they are is for our highest and best. It's such a powerful prayer of offering. Because in that gratitude for things just as they are, is the surrender of all the opinions and judgments and beliefs and perceptions that things are not good just as they are. At your request, the Holy Spirit enters gladly and brings the light 
to darkness, if you make the darkness open to him. But what you hide, he cannot look upon. He sees for you, and unless you look with him, he cannot see. So this is one of our prayers, to see with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. To hold the hand of the Holy Spirit. Course in Miracles is filled over and over again where Jesus tells us, invoke the Holy Spirit, invite me, allow us to walk with you in everything, in everything. Let us lead you, let us guide you, let us decide for you, and you will live a miraculous life. It's about allowing the miracle. The vision of Christ is not for the Holy Spirit alone, but for him with you. Bring, therefore, all your dark and secret thoughts to him and look upon them with him. He holds the light and you the darkness. They cannot coexist when both of you together look on them. His judgment must prevail and he will give it to you as you join your perception to his. Let us do that. Oh, my goodness. All honor to you through the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit unto God. With our hand upon our heart, we give thanks that the love of God is all that there is, and it's illuminating us right now. It is our true nature and our true identity, and we're grateful and thankful to recognize our opportunities to surrender, to live in grace, and to invoke the Holy Spirit. We allow the darkness to dissolve. We are rising in God. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, everybody. I love you. Have a great, glorious week. And I'll be with you next week from uh, back in the USA. Mwah.